Shrooming with us again, and we're going to talk about what we discover when we're in the outdoors, whether it's paddling, biking, climbing, backpacking. We're always discovering new things, trees, animals. Shopping carts. Shop, shopping carts. You go, go spend some time in some lakes, or even, and this was less fun, but uh, I have a friend who has a volunteer thing. She used to um, go scuba diving and find broke to clean up broken glass beer bottles in different rivers that were really popular in Idaho. So uh, there's some interesting things you'll find out there. Okay, well, today we're going to talk about some of those interesting things that you would not expect to find while you're out in nature. Like I said, whether you're mountain biking, road biking, paddling, backpacking, peak bagging, day hiking, you're going to find some Things out there that you're just not expecting to see. So, uh, Mushroom Man, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for coming back on as a co-host with me. You and I are going to talk a little bit about these these unusual finds. I'm going to start with some of the things I have personally found out there that kind of baffle me. Air conditioning units. There's been more, on more than one occasion, and I'm not talking by the side of the road. Run maybe two or three micro, miles from a roadside, from the trail. Instead of being two or three Michaels from the roadside? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the most important unit of measurement. Yes. <laughs> yes, United States, we measure miles, and in Papa Bear land, we, we measure Michaels. But anyway, <laughs> we're a good distance from the trailhead. And there's an air conditioning unit just, like, thrown off into the woods. Who carried an air conditioning unit three miles and decided just to throw it? I don't know if you've seen multiple, but I was with you for one AC unit, and we were deep in the woods, you know, plenty of grass, no buildings around. I mean, uh, the most efficient way to get it out there would have been to get in a canoe and put it in the canoe, uh, but even then the river wasn't particularly deep that was next to it, so I don't know how it ended up out there. Maybe it fell out of a plane, who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, the, the one you're referencing, there was a bit of a hike up a hill. So it wasn't even like you were just like walking off the road and said, okay, we're deep enough into the woods. Let's just ditch it. They had to walk a good distance uphill to throw it there. Now, I don't think a window air conditioning unit just drops out of a plane. I don't I don't think I've ever seen a plane with a window air conditioning unit in it. Who does that? Who carries an air conditioning unit? And here's another one. I have actually seen a washer machine deep into the woods, just, like, randomly thrown off onto the side. Well, you know, I'm sensing a trend here. Maybe people wanted to build a house there, and they decided to start with the washing machine and the AC unit. Seems pretty logical. I'm on board. I'll get my washing machine and my air conditioner in there, and then I can always cut down these trees to build a house around it. Is that what you think is going on there? If, if You know what? Under the right circumstances, maybe that's the, that's the conclusion someone comes to. Or it's interdimensional time travel and you know the world's a weird place <laughs> and then i've seen 50 gallon drums and that you can almost imagine what's going on there being from new jersey first thing that pops into my mind when i see a 50 gallon drum in the woods is oh, there must be a body in there but uh yeah i mean that you can almost understand somebody wants to hide something or dispose some chemicals or do something illegal 
But then there's some that aren't so bizarre, like airplane crash sites. There are airplane crash sites and not far from where I'm at. They're in the Adirondacks, they're in the Catskills, and there's something kind of mysterious, something eerie when you when you stumble upon one of these sites. You know it's there, but then you get there and you see the remnants of, the, of these crashes, and it starts to go through your mind. There may have been a loss of life here, and some of them are decades old. They, they don't go in and, and remove these planes. When they're crashed, they take the victims out, they rescue um, the survivors, but they don't pull all the equipment out, the fuselage and other parts of the plane. They're still there. You got to bushwhack to get to most of them, I assume, right? Many of them you actually have to bushwhack to get to. Do you know of any off the top of your head or on your notes that people could get to without bushwhacking? Well, Catterskill, High Peak. In New York? Yes, that's in the Catskills. It's They classify it as a bushwhack. I think it's more of a what you might say, a unmaintained trail. It goes along a snowmobile trail, and then there's a short herd path that goes up to the summit. And you could look around up there and find remnants of a plane crash in that area. But there, there's a number of them uh, that if you just go online and look them up, they're there. And, you know, it's kind of like an adult treasure hunt, going out and seeking out some of these treasures that you know are there, well, treasures, but, you know, hidden things that are in the woods that are kind of mysterious and maybe just don't belong in what you would expect to see in nature. So share yeah. with us, you have some information on some unusual finds in the woods. How about yeah. you share them with us? Well, you know, I mean, I've found, I don't know, appliances just seem to have a special place out there. Uh, diapers over in Bear Mountain. Ah. Uh, so for those who don't know, I don't know, Dad, do you want to explain Bear Mountain to people real quick? Just give them an overview of what it is. Yeah, it's very close to New York City. You can see New York City from the top of it. On a clear day, yes, you could see New yeah. York City. We uh, met some bicyclists, actually. And how far is that? Maybe 160 miles? I don't know the exact miles off the top of my head, but they have at, they actually biked from Brooklyn all the way to Bear Mountain. That's not an easy ride. Uh, so that was pretty cool. They seem pretty chipper too. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't seem as worn down as you'd expect. No, no, but it's it's this you know it's this beautiful mountain. Uh, you can see New York City from an unclear day. You got these steps. I mean, you're walking up these stone steps and up the trail. A lot of elevation gain. Tons of fun. Uh, but it gets really crowded because it's kind of correct me if I'm wrong. One of the you know really one of the most um, you know the most fun trails. Near New York City. Well, it's yeah, what it has going for secluded. it. Right. You, it's easy, easily accessible from the city. It's probably the closest wilderness area or something you can call wilderness to the city. You could, you can actually take the metro train to Bear Mountain. They actually have a stop there. So it does attract a lot of people from the city. And with big crowds, yeah, you're going to have things like diapers, water bottles just kind of thrown to the side. And coincidentally, when we did that hike, Part of that was on the Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail actually goes through this. Bear Mountain actually has a zoo there, a lake. It, it is a nice area, but does get crowded. And we went up there that day. It was just, it looked like an assembly line of people going up that trail. And we saw everything from water bottles to diapers to fanny packs just thrown on the side of the, the trail. It was disgusting and, and really bothered me. Yeah, yeah, it was it was upsetting because you know you want to share the outdoors with people. You don't want to you don't want to gatekeep and say don't come here. But that's tough to see. You, know, you see people 
definitely didn't maybe plan properly. And oh well, that's freedom, you know. We, you want to have some freedom, you might end up with some some diapers where you don't want them. Uh, and that's part of the problem, though. The people that are listening to this are likely to be the people that are going to do their research. They're going to understand Leave No Trace. And they're definitely not going to just throw diapers on the side of the trail. And that's kind of the conundrum we have is that how do we get to those people that just don't understand that's not proper behavior? You're supposed to feed the diapers to your dog. That's what that's what Leave No Trace really means. <laughs> I don't know uh, about that, but so, <laughs> I don't have a dog or diapers anymore. Um. All right, so I, I mentioned the diapers. I mean, that's really the big one. I haven't seen some crazy stuff, but uh, I did a little bit of research, too. You know, you mentioned I've, I've been interested in getting out to one of those plane crashes, but I did a little bit of research on some of the weirder things that people have found and do find out on trails. Now, there's actually, uh, in the United States and, and abroad, a lot of people find fossils when they're out hiking. That's a, I like to find fungus, by the way, mushrooms. That's some of the weirdest stuff I've found when I'm out hiking, and one of my favorite things is I, I tell people, you want to get into the outdoors, hiking, backpacking, don't just make it about the walking. You're surrounded by this nature. Learn how to identify the trees you're seeing out there. You might, you could even discover a new species of, of fungus just while you're out on the trail. And so that's, that's something that helps keep me putting in the miles. Is that if it rains out, I'm like, all right, in the next week, I better get out and find some of those weird fungi that, that are out in this part of the country or world. But that's not going to surprise us, okay? I'm not going to be shocked if I see this very colorful mushroom or fungi on the side of the trail. That's not going to surprise me. It's going to, cause, it's going to make me want to stop, take a picture, and look at it. But what are the things that we don't expect to see when we're out there? Yeah, well, and that's, you know, there's a, a lot of interesting stuff, too, with some of the trails in the country, how you can find gems, and fa you know fancy rocks. Now, as far as the weird stuff, I mean, that's just going to be out there exploring. And I think that's where our listeners can come in too, because I think it'd be great if some people who are listening to this, you you found some weird things on the trail, feel free to send an email to PapaBearHikes at gmail.com, and we'll credit you and share it in a few future episode. Maybe even have you on as a guest to talk about some of the weird stuff you found out there. Yeah, if it's really weird, that's a good point, Mushroom Man. If it's really weird and bizarre. We might ask you to come on the show and talk about it. Definitely. That might make a really good topic. Like, you know, if you came across, you know, Barefoot's footprint fossilized or something, that, that would be Bigfoot, big Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Is, if Bigfoot was wearing some shoes, that'd be a little Bigfoot weird. shoes would be great. Aliens. I mean, I've heard stories, you know, out on the trails. I Back when I was in the uh, military, I was talking to some guys who were doing a security patrol on foot around an airfield, and they claimed they saw a green light, the green dot of light, almost like a laser pointer, but it didn't have anything to be hitting. And then it just zipped down and zipped sideways. It was maybe 40, 50 feet in front of it, but they couldn't quite judge how far it was because it's you know, bigger and farther away, smaller and closer. Those kind of weird stories exist even when you're just hiking or walking out around an airfield. That's a good point. We're, we're like focusing here on the physical things you might come across. Like one I, I remember seeing was a, uh, a bear, ke uh, bear keg. Uh, a beer keg? Yep, beer keg, big one. You know, like the, the big ones that you see in a bar. Hmm. Three miles up, it was near Sunfish Pond. And if you're not familiar with Sunfish Pond in New Jersey along the Appalachian Trail, that's a steep hike. They nicknamed it Heart Attack Hill when I was a kid. Was it empty? 
Yeah, it was empty. Well, if you're going to carry that thing up full and drink it all, you might as well carry it down. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of beer and a lot of weight. And if you're carrying <laughs> that much beer and drinking that much beer, you're spending the night up there. And I, I can't imagine what the walk down would be like the next day. Because yeah. I know you're not walking down that night if you drank that much beer. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, I mean, I some of my favorite things to find out on the trail, too, beyond just the weird stuff, if I find a, a, an animal skeleton that's mostly intact, I'm always going to get a nice picture of that. I was in, oh gosh, I think it was Montana, found a, a large deer skeleton, and it's, it's rare to find them. You know, the ribs all intact, beautiful. We'll be back after a quick break. You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, every filter is individually tested three times through their process. I've been using their Permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks, and the Picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they're likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible, high-quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, a couple years ago, I was kayaking and came across the a raccoon skeleton when I was up near the edge of the river, and that kind of startled me a little bit. But you know, I had to remind myself that is something you're going to see out here. They're going to die somewhere. So that was, uh, you're, yeah, you can expect to see something like that. I can tell you this, Peekaboo and I were out hiking one day locally here near Binghamton University, and we came across a foreign car from what I could tell from it. It was a French car. Everything in it was French. It must have been a Renault, a Renault which is an older French car, but it was just in the middle of the woods, like no roads there. How'd the car get there? Did somebody airlift it? Did a bunch of kids think it would be a prank and push it there? But you, know, you had to get maneuvered around a lot of trees to get it where it was. If you've ever put anything really weird out in the woods, like a weird, like a French car or something, please feel free to let us know how you're leaving a keg vine. Please feel free to let us know the weird story. Yeah, maybe that's what that. I maybe that's what I want more than the weird stuff you found. I want to I want to hear somebody tell me how you got something really weird in the woods, and and we'll protect your 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 identity here. We'll keep everything anonymous here. We will protect you. I want to know how you got that really weird thing in the, into the woods. If you're the guy that brought the air conditioning unit in or the washing machine or, or the maybe you were part of a fraternity prank to push somebody's car into the woods, I want to hear from you. You can end up being a guest on the show. Contact us at PapaBearHikes.com and tell us how you did Papa it. PapaBearHikes at gmail.com. Well, I guess you could go to PapaBearHikes.com and there is an email option on there, which if you haven't checked out the new website, feel free it connects you so you can listen to more episodes and we'll update it more over time. We can see how many of you are visiting it. That'll that'll decide how much work we put into it, okay? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, we started out here wanting to talk about the weird stuff. I want to talk about what motivates people to put the stuff in the woods. I'm interested in hearing from the people that have done this. I think that's part of the fun is the mystery of why would somebody put a washing machine miles out into the woods or this car or, or that kind of thing. What what circumstances lead to that? Yeah, I want to know what you were thinking when you dragged an air conditioner into the woods. I mean, I can understand what would motivate you to bring a keg of beer into the woods. 
I get that, sort of. But hard liquor is a lot more efficient, right? <laughs> well, you know what? How I could see the keg being left there is it was enough people to finish the keg, and nobody felt like nobody said I'll be in charge of taking it home. So everybody just said, "Oh, I'm sure somebody else will take care of it." There's a lot. There's an internal logic to that. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just. I'm kind of trying to justify why somebody would do that, or understand why somebody would bring it in, but. What made you decide to leave it there? There are deposits on those. You get money back. I want my money back. Um, Good point. You but, know, with the diapers, maybe uh, you know we could we could get people to stop doing that too if we mailed the diapers back to them. I like that idea. <laughs> you know, I've always had this idea that when I when I see a bunch of garbage on the at a trailhead, uh, because you see that in the Catskills too. Sometimes it looks like people just emptied out their cars when they got back to the. To their, after hiking. Well, a lot of these places have damn trash cans. Yeah. I would love nothing more than to gather it up, put it in a box, and mail it to one of their houses. Yeah. And say, here, you, you left something behind. You know? Maybe you, add in a little extra, too. Yeah. Anyone wants to donate, donate extra diapers to some of these people's houses or extra Gatorade bottles, that kind of thing. Feel free. Yeah, all the non-deposit bottles. Because I'm going to be honest with you, if I come across deposit bottles, you're not getting those back. I'm taking those and I'm getting. I'm going to get the absolutely. I'm going to get the money for it. Um, But your non-deposit bottles, I hate to mention products by name, but you know Gatorade bottles. And for the record, hey, if Gatorade wants to give me some free product or a sponsor, I'm not. It's not beneath me to myself out. Please contact me. I'd be willing to do it. But anyway. You won't do a gear review, but you'll take Gatorade money. Hey, no, no, no. Let me say for the record. Let me say for the record. Gear reviews now, they're BS. I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. But I'll mention yeah. gear. I'll mention yeah. gear by name. If somebody wants to give me free gear or sponsor my program, I'll do it. Mm. I certainly will do it. Mm. I'm not a big fan of gear reviews. But you know what? For the right price, maybe I would. I was like, save this episode, listeners. Give him five years. He'll do one. Five years? If somebody contacted me today, you don't know me, do you? Well, if they contacted me today, I'd say, how much? Okay. If you want me to mention your $500 backpack on every episode, I'll yeah. do it. Send me one for free and I'll do it. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of is uh, is when, when you ask out a girl and she says no and you're like, oh, I didn't want to date her anyway. Have you looked at her? My God. That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe I hate gear reviews. You, you're addicted to Campmore. <laughs> when we lived in New Jersey, you spent I, – I would see the glee on your face about going to Campmore uh, as often as you could. Anyway, I should be beeping that out because, look, they haven't given me any money or anything for free. <laughs> okay? For the record? No. Well, they need help right now, though. That that quarry stock visited the Campmore. One of the, I don't know. They have multiple locations? No, just that one location. I went to the Campmore in New Jersey. For the folks who don't know, could you describe – well, at one time it was the premier outdoor retailer, and if not in the Northeast, maybe in the country. Um, they just they had everything you need and top quality merchandise with um, with salespeople who really understood what they were selling you. These weren't some kids at working minimum wage just taking things off the shelf that didn't know a a backpacking stove from a from a ski pole. These these were. It was it was the place to go if you were looking for outdoor gear. Like you know, and they have a Campmore magazine is a thing too, right? Because that, that's is that what was their sales catalog? The sales catalog. I 
I for years, uh, old Papa Bear over here. I don't know if you still do, but I've seen you flip through that catalog, looking at all the gear in there so much. And uh, I went there, so I was at Camp Moore. I don't know a few months ago, and just with the pandemic and all that, they've they've had to shrink a lot, and it's going to be a real bummer if a store like that. You know how long they've been around? Uh, um, well, they started out. They've changed names, but they started out as Morsan back in the mid '60s, I believe. Wow. And then became Campmore in the late 70s, I guess it was. But, yeah, they've they've been the go-to place. And, yeah, I mean. God. So can keep them in business so that they can sponsor us one day. That's why they're worth shouting out right now. Yeah, I'm going to give them a break because over the years, quite honestly, they've been very good to me. Um, not with free <laughs> gear, but when I've needed to gather information on gear, um, they've always been very willing to give up their time, share their expertise. You know what I really wanted? Like when I was in there, I was looking at all the different, uh, what are they called, the dehydrated meals that yes. they have. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe the selection. I just wanted to try every single one. Maybe one day we'll have a segment where I, I try different camping dehydrated meals and review them. Well, that's going to be a YouTube. And yes, we are working on our YouTube channel. That should be up in the next two weeks. Yeah. But that would make a better YouTube than a podcast because I think everybody would want to see that. We need to capture the look on your face. When you eat those really gross meals. Well, I've, I've eaten a lot of MREs in my day. I'd be very surprised if if any of them, they looked really high end too. I'd be very surprised if any of them taste worse. That's true. You've actually eaten, you've eaten rattlesnake. What am I saying here? Oh, well, that's good. Reptiles are delicious. <sighs> and now what tastes worse than a rattlesnake is when me and my friend from high school, Kevin, we, uh, we went camping after we graduated and we caught ourselves a garter snake, a very large one, and we tried to cook and eat that. Which they say they talk about how the snake moves around after you cut the head off, but it's much more than that. That thing, its body would react even though it was beheaded because we were trying to cook it over the fire. It still reacted as if it was alive for at least an hour, I would say. Even after the skin was off, it was still reacting a little bit. Uh, and so, because you know, their brain is distributed throughout their whole body. There's all along their spinal cord, their brain is distributed. But we ate that, and it just tasted tasted like you dipped a, cu- a glass in some scummy pond water, and then just took a swig of that with some chicken, some tuna fish mixed in. Oh, tuna! Yeah, I mean, what do I say? You eat tuna fish? Yeah, you eat anything. Yeah. So, oh. but I'll, one day we'll get that on the on the YouTube is me doing, but I'll like them all. I'll just be more or less happy with their price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Better YouTube might be me eating some of those foods since I'm the picky yeah, you're eater. The one, yeah. You're the picky eater. I, I, you know, I'll eat them. I'll okay. Like them. Well, anyway, contact us. Let us know if you, your, your stories about what you have found. And please, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people that has dragged one of these strange things into the woods, let me know, man. I would love to get you on the show and talk to you. Oh, please. If you're one of those people, please, papabearhikes at gmail.com or papabearhikes.com for the website. All righty. Everybody go out there, have some fun, find your adventure, and have a great day.
This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.